Hello listener and welcome to a brand new episode of the Keeping Up Appearances podcast, full of opinion, debate and football trivia with a hint of nostalgia. I'm Callum Murray and here with me is... Sean O'Hara, Bob Gall and Michael Tosh. They say not to judge a book by its cover, but we might judge a player by their appearance. As Let's get into it. Do the opening, yeah, yeah, go on. So then we're back with the latest episode of Keeping Up Appearances. We are just back to the usual um, squad today. No special guests, but plenty of special content, I'm sure. I think we'll start by having a quick word on the Manchester Derby. Anyone watch it? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think it was similar to what we said last week, wasn't it? Expected a. Uh... Man City to win comfortably. I think most of us think we all had City to win. I think Bob might have thought a sneaky United one, but I think we thought if City got in the groove, they'd win comfortably. And I think they just showed a path. United had, I think, spell at the start and at the end of the first half. Yeah. But I think for the most part, you've seen that City were just leagues apart, really, aren't they? Just such a, a different level. And you, you just get the impression they could have scored a lot more if they'd have wanted to. They were just taking it easy. It was just. Quite embarrassing for Man United towards the end. How they were just just walking through them whenever they wanted, really. City looked very strong. Good to see Grealish back as well. Um, he, had, he thought he had a good game. Foden was on form, wasn't he? And then, yeah, just some of the football between Foden and Grealish and Silva. Some of those sorts of passages of play they had were just incredible. I think they were, yeah. I think we all kind of said it. I think we didn't think it was going to be maybe so open wide. I think maybe I said 3 1. Um, I did. Did you say 3 0? Difference of three. All right, okay. Well, you you win then. There's one goal difference if you win. Um, but uh, yeah, I I thought City looked impressive. It was just I think it was just a bad day all around for Man United to be honest. They had a couple of chances, but yeah, not great for them. How long do you reckon he's got left? Ten Hag to be. I mean, what what's doing my head in is every everywhere you go on, like if you listen to like Gary Neville or anything, though. No. It's like it's not his fault. It's always like they're just blaming the Glazers, and you think it, it is his fault. Like, might not be totally his fault, but he's not getting a tune out of very good footballers. So, something's got to give, especially when you think, like, well, when he got the job, he had the reputation of being like one of the best young coaches in the world, not even like a manager, a typical manager, like a coach. Yeah. yeah you watch this United team. And he just look absent of anything. They've got like they don't seem to know any have any idea of how they're meant to be playing, any systems they're meant to be playing. And I just think that has got to come to a point, in my opinion, where they do need to be thinking about it because it's it's just not working at the minute. I think on what you said there, Sean, um I think you had the only about like developing players. When he came to United, you thought like he had that IX team, he makes them better. When you think of Klopp and Pep, you think that he he's made them better. Like how many people would you say Ten Hag's actually made look better? You know, they sign these people for lots of money and they just just say none of them, you know, like Rashford just we mentioned it last week, Rashford just looks half the player he was last year. And just yeah, Ten Hag was manager last year. I know, but I'm saying and like, he, you know, he, he looked great last year while he was in charge, so that's true, but he's getting I don't know whether that's on yeah. I I think they'll give him time. I think he's there as a, a bit of a long term project. This but and with Sean, it is. It's it's not getting better, is it? It's getting worse. Yeah, I I think. I mean, there's a bit of form with players coming over, but maybe just the Dutch league is just completely different to the, to the Premier. If you know what I mean, maybe they're just having good form in the 
Dutch league maybe just doesn't translate too well to the Premier League. Obviously, it's not the most competitive in the world. Manager of Ajax, obviously, I mean, they're doing rubbish this season, but really, how hard would his, would his job have been at Ajax? Or to maybe go plays, bring in young players through. Not not many stars. Maybe just not very good at managing stars and managing sort of big names and big egos and stuff. Maybe just yeah. not that great at that. That's what I was going to say, to be fair, Cal, because I think, obviously, the Ronaldo, I, I mean, I think he dealt with the Ronaldo stuff quite well because that had potential to massively undermine him. But then you look at, like, Sancho, for example, who, like, say what you want, he's obviously very talented. You can tell that players like Tanzo just don't respect Tanag. Like, he's been playing with the kids or he's been totally exiled from the team. And Tanag's just waiting for an apology off Sancho. And Sancho's just not giving him it. It's just like, I imagine, like, under Fergie, you're you're there, I think, years later, that, oh, this happened in the dressing room, this happened, this happened. Now, everything that happens at United, it's all over social media. It's just yeah. an absolute circus, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think the thing, as you said before, Sean Dalton being a good coach, maybe he's a good coach, but maybe he's not a good manager. Yeah. Maybe maybe he's a, he's a good coach and that, even though they're maybe not showing it on the pitch, but I think, like Eddie Howe's a great coach, as, as Tosh mentioned before, but I think he's probably a good manager as well. Like, you've seen what he's done to Anthony Gordon, it's been like insane. He's like transformed him completely as a better player, but also I think the way he managed him in that, the game where he brought him back off. He's Anthony Gordon now, he'll like, run through a brick wall for him. So I think you've got to be a good coach and a good manager nowadays in, in, the, in the, at the top level. Um, I think you might be able to get by by being a good manager, but I don't think you can get by by just being a good coach. I don't think, you know, the, the top managers now, they've got like the management side of it and that's sort of the people skills and stuff and that man management. But then you've also got the, the coaching to back it up. Um, yeah. Maybe Ten Hag just isn't great at managing, especially the egos and the big players. Maybe easier to go and manage these young players at Ajax coming through and sort of make someone a... a you know, at this level and get sold on. Maybe it's just different on United. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, you'd like to see him given time, but usually managers don't get given that much time these days. And once this sort of path takeover comes through and they take over the football side, and I think he's bringing in Railsford as well, isn't he? I think who's that Team Sky. I mean, you've got like, a, I've got a feeling that they just might do something completely offhand and completely like rip up the plans kind of thing and do something a bit sort of out of the box. But again, they've had, haven't they, you know, you think since Sir Alex left, you know, they've had Mourinho and Van Gaal, and they're, they're people who, you know, they aren't, like, you know, Mourinho's more of a sort of manager, and he can manage the big characters, he had nothing. I'm with Sean a bit, I just, it does find ridiculous that everything goes back to the Glazers, but there is sort of inherent problems there, isn't there, that they just, they, they, every now and again, they put the list of signings up, and you just think, God, like none of them have been successful. Like you look at them, that they, they put it on Sky on Sunday after the match, and even just the ones under ten hard, like the money they spend, just a staggering amount of money, and you can't really say any of them have been a massive success. I was I was listening to something yesterday, <clears throat> and someone said it was a podcast, and it said something like, you know, what, what was the last good like actual midfielder Man United signed? But, you know, like, an actual... And someone said... He said he'd research and he thought it was Michael Carrick. That was, like, 2007. I'm sure there's probably someone else there, but that's just, like, shock and recruit. When you think of, like, you know, teams like Man City and Liverpool, how often do they actually miss when they sign people? You know, like, even, like, you know, this fella Liverpool of sandwich, Slobber's Lie, or whatever his name is. I'd never even heard of him. They go out, they do the business early, they've signed him, and he's looking pretty good. You know, United spend all summer chasing, you know... Last summer in particular, I didn't know they were chasing the young and people like that. And then they just end up with someone at a stopgap. You know, they sign Amrabat on the last day. And it just, 
just screams of a club just in with no real direction. And as you say, Callum, maybe these new people who come in might change that, but I think it needs a lot of change. Yeah, I agree. I think it does need a lot of change. Obviously, it's no direction. The whole club's in a mess. I know, obviously, Ten Hag deserves some blame for what's going on the pitch, but I think that in terms of that, like, club culture, I think that probably does go back to the glaze and just... I mean, it's, it's similar to what we've seen in Everton, isn't it? It's just, there seems to be a culture there of just it going a bit down the pan. And obviously, I know it was a long time ago now that Alex Ferguson left, but they just have to have 26 years where it was of stability to then just be thrown into chaos. I just don't think they ever appointed the right man at the right time. And I think they're just still like suffering for that, aren't they? But listen, it's one of those where like obviously they've got the power behind them and still they've still got the name that if they were to just make the right appointments and start to get things right, it might be an upward um, sort of curve as much as a downward curve, I think. Yeah, I agree. You never that I don't think they're ever that far away, are they someone like no. Man United? You know, even last year, you know, like they have one positive bit of spell and then they, they win a cup and then they, they finish in the top four. And they're just, I think they're probably never as far away. Someone like my United, likewise, Liverpool probably never were, you know, when they have a bit of a drop and things like that. Big clubs like that tend not to be. Possibly. Um, well, Ten Hag and the Man United fans will be hoping that a comeback is on for their club. And on that note, I think we'll go over to this week's version of Maroon 5. And I'll let Tosh introduce the topic. So we'll start with a little recap of last week. So you might remember, and thank you to those that all have voted. We looked at football and families. So the winner was... Alan Will. Alan Will just missed out. And it was Bobby Charlton and Jack Charlton this week who were the winners. A bit unsurprisingly, I think I'm getting a bit of stick for always picking the most obvious ones. So they were the winners. The Charltons will be going to the island to uh, stick it out together. I'm sure they'll be delighted, famously not getting on too well. This week, we're going to do, as Callum alluded to, one to do with comebacks. The reason we're doing that is because the fix, one of the fixtures this week is Newcastle Arsenal. And when you think of that fixture, you might think of Dennis Bergkamp spinning Nicholas Dabazas to score a great goal. The other thing you think of is Newcastle coming from 4-0 down at half-time to a comeback and draw 4 all. So that's going to be our obvious pick. And the rest of us are all going to pick a comeback that springs to mind for us. Anyone got any comments on the four-all that we made quickly? Anyone that remember that game? Anyone sort of any comments to make of that as a comeback? I only really remember the last goal because it was an absolute belter, wasn't it? T.O.T. The rest T-O-T. Of yeah. Wasn't that the same day we beat Blackpool? 5-3. John, I was going to ask that as a quiz question. Oh, sorry, Tosh. <laughs> Still ask it. I was, yeah, no, I was, I was, that, Popped into my head as well. I, I just checked it just before it was because I, I was going to say we were probably all not watching it. Well, it was that Saturday three o'clock. So, yeah, Evan come back as well. I think we came back from three two to win five three. It was a mate of ours, eighteenth, and I remember like we were at a house party, and normally at a house party, no one's watching match of the day. But it was like you couldn't miss those two games. But Everton would probably have been the big focus. But obviously, that, that was just like unbelievable at Tiote goal. Now, I sort of remember it, like, obviously, when you're in the ground and Everton's, like, you know, an eight-goal game as well, and, like, you're seeing it as it comes in, like, you knew Arsenal will get winning 4 0. It flashes, you sometimes flash the scores up, and then when it's 4 0, you sort of thought, oh, God, we're not going to be, we're going to be second in match of the day. Because <laughs> I think did Sahar score last. 4 for Everton? Remember Sahar yeah, score? Yeah, I think four. so, yeah. And again, a lovely Jermaine Beckford volley, if, if I remember rightly, and over, like, Baines puts the ball over his shoulder. Well, one one time Baines did something good for Everton, put a good ball in, and uh, 
We scored, yeah. But yeah, I think everyone remembers that Tiote goal, don't they? Mm-hmm. You went off then, Tosh. You muted yourself. He didn't. I'm, I am used to them for Bain slander. <laughs> <laughs> that was golden content, that Bob. <laughs> <laughs> he was about to go viral then. I have no idea what I was saying there. So. <laughs> <laughs> Just ended so- up to the Bain's comments. <laughs> Sorry, Sosh. Is anyone going to say, or do we just move it on? <laughs> yeah, let's move it on. Bob sends through me. Okay, then. So the fifth. The, oh God, I was kind of. I was going to say the fifth. Let's start that again. How's <laughs> mm-hmm. Bob solved for muting me? I haven't recovered since the muting then. The head's gone here. Let's see if he can come back from this. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. So coming back to the main topic then. That's our fifth member of the game, Newcastle Arsenal. So let's see what everyone else is going to offer as their suggestion to be Marooned 5. Anyone want to go first? Nominate someone, Tosh. I nominate Sean. <laughs> okay, that can be done. <laughs> I'd say probably differently to the others, maybe Callum to a lesser extent, because Callum's done a bit of outside-the-box thinking. But maybe to a lesser extent than Bob and Tosh. My pick for this week is a bit of an um, bit of an underdog story more than a big name game. Often we think of comebacks, we think of like big ones in the maybe Champions League finals or Champions Leagues, things like that. Whereas I've gone back to the fifth round of the FA Cup in two thousand and one, uh, and the reason I remember this game when we when we decided we were going to do comebacks, this one came straight to me because the the team in question, the team that produced the comeback in the round previous, had actually spanked Everton 3-0 at Goodison Park. So it was a, a game that always kind of stuck in my head. I was there. And then the team I'm talking about is Tramia Rovers, who after beating Everton 3-0, got a, a whole... No, they actually got an away tie at Southampton in the in the fifth round. Drew 0-0 in the first leg, and then got the replay at Tramia, which most probably thought was a bit of a, bit of a foregone conclusion, as in like... Easy, easy Southampton win there. And if you looked at the score at half time, you'd, you'd say that it was because they got absolutely battered by all accounts. I've rewatched highlights and it doesn't give much away, but reading match reports and things, it looks like Southampton absolutely battered Tramia. But Tramia 3 0 down at half time. And then I don't know, I don't like giving them much credit, but John Aldridge, obviously a manager at the time, must have produced a little bit of magic in the, in the changing room because. When they came out in the second half, it was a totally different Tramia side. And what makes it extra special as well for me, and probably us in general, is the fact that I'd say this comeback was produced or created at Everton. 1995 Cup winning hero, Paul Rideout, who must have been getting on at this point. Like, he must have, I don't know how old he was when he was at Tramia, but he must have been getting 60. on. He was getting on when he was at Everton. Yeah, Paul Rideout somehow manages to get himself a second half hat-trick within about 20 minutes. And then another former Everton striker, Stuart Barlow, then gets brought off the bench. My recollection of Stuart Barlow was always like an unfulfilled talent when you hear about him. He was he was, mm-hmm. he was really quick. Uh, he was a decent finisher. He looked like he was going to be a good player at Everton. And then it just kind of never clicked into place for him. But Stuart Barlow came on and managed to sneak a fourth to put Trammy a 4-3 up at Premier League Southampton. Which, when you think about it, th- those are the days where like those upsets kind of mattered. Now, I think upsets happen in the FA Cup far too often, where 
I don't know, the Premier League team doesn't feel a particularly strong team. A lower league team comes against them, beats them, and no one really cares. We move on. Whereas back in those days, this Tramia team, at the end of that season, they actually ended up getting relegated. They were bottom of the what is now the championship. Southampton finished 10th in the Premier League, so you, should, you can kind of see the, the gap in class there. I just think when you think back at how huge that was at the time, that was a big, giant killer moment for me as a kid that's always kind of stuck with me. And it might not be the headline maker that some of you have got, but for me as a kid, that was kind of the magic of the FA Cup in one game because it just showed, especially Tramier only being down the road, it was like a little Tramier team made of old Everton players, a couple of young kids, like Jason Kumas played that game when he was... Another uh, Everton link. And a young Clint Hill was in the squad, was in the Tramier squad that season. I just think for them to come up against a Premier League-ready team, which had Dean Richards, James Beattie played, Wayne Bridge, to come back from 3-0 down, second half is, is just unbelievable. And when you see the scenes in Prenton Park, it just it just looks boss. Before you write my pick off, I'd encourage you to go and watch the highlights on YouTube because <laughs> it really is quality. So honestly, give it a go. I think that's a good shout to first one. I like the stories in it as well. And yeah, I think definitely got that giant killing kind of feel to it. And I can just imagine like if you were to watch it now, as I'm sure all the fans will do after you've just told them. I imagine it's probably like horrible, muddy, and just like a proper, like proper pickup side kind of thing. Do you know what the best thing is? Like if you look back at like seven goals, I reckon about five or six of them are just root one football. You know, like lump it in the box, see what mm. happens. Even Southampton, and you think like no one was playing the football like Premier League teams are playing now. Mm. Even then, Southampton were going to Tranmere and just lumping it in the box, yeah. and that's what happened with I think four, three of the four Tranmere goals. I don't imagine John Aldridge has not got the best like managerial brain, has he? I reckon he's all probably... he, human brain. Well, yeah, <laughs> he's not particularly popular amongst us, but yeah, I reckon he just went to at half time, hey, just whack it in the box and see what happens. And you know what? It worked, but it went was a just bit one like of those. Bassist. But you know what? It worked for him. I mean, he ended up quitting that season. Probably didn't want the shame of getting relegated. But yeah, it was quality. And another little fact for you, which you probably won't care about, but. Stuart Barlow, actually, uh, his daughter actually does hand and nails now. And he's meant to be a really nice fella. So, Does he know Ken? If this goes well, <laughs> I'll get him on the pod. Tramia got to the League Cup final, didn't he, as well? Was that the year before, or a couple of years before? Yeah. So, obviously quite a big side. I actually don't think it was a giant killer. <laughs> was, was the Tissier um, still playing? Uh, he was, but he wasn't in the squad that day. Makes you think, uh, doesn't it? It does make you think. Like it. Probably talking to his water in the changes. Did that game actually happen then? Does make you think, Bob? I went to watch Tramia the other week when they played Leicester in the League Cup and the goalkeeper who played the night I was watching them played in the League Cup final in 2000. So I wonder if that goalkeeper was also playing that day. Do you know his name? No. Well, if you, if you Google, I don't know. But he was obviously a young lad when they got to the Cup final. I don't know that he was the first choice. But he was playing the night... If you can get them, he played against Leicester in goal in the League Cup the other week, and he was. Was it Steve Simmonson? <laughs> no, the play the, the keeper that played for Tommy is now fifty two. <laughs> I don't reckon it's him. Oh, <laughs> let me check. Yeah, but I think he must have been when he when he came in. But he was well, so so the Tramia fan I was sat with told me anyway. But he yeah. might have just been lying and just made trying to make me look a fool on keeping up appearances. <laughs> he was he was he pranking succeeded. you unfortunately. He was playing the long game. <laughs> yeah. 
Right then, I put that as a good good argument. Sure, I've got to give you that very well researched. I'm going to go from one um, scale to the other scale. I've picked a Champions League final, and as far as I can remember, there's only been one good comeback in a Champions League final, and that was on the right. 26th of May, 1999. Again, I often go with the the things that first come into my head, and that that was something that I actually remember sitting down and watching, and I remember sort of celebrating when Manchester United came from behind to by Munich. So I'm sure everyone is aware, unlike Sean, but I probably don't need like Sean, sorry, I don't probably need to accept the scene as much, but United, Sefer, uh, not not been done before, treble in English football. So they'd already won the FA Cup and the league. He'd done that in quite a few dramatic circumstances, obviously, and everyone remembers in the semi-final of the FA Cup, Ryan Giggs scoring last minute against Arsenal. They won the league, took them to the last day to win the league. They were getting beat at half-time. And the final against Bayern Munich was no less dramatic. Obviously, 1-0 down, and by all accounts, I don't remember the game. Vividly, in terms of the fact, we're getting absolutely battered by Bayern Munich that night. Bayern Munich hit the post, he hit the bar, he missed chance after chance. Man United were struggling, missing Keane and Scholes were both suspended. And obviously, you say, I probably don't need to explain two more. Scored two goals in injury time, Sheringham equalising. Peter Schmeichel in the box, having gone up for the corner, and then Solskjaer winning it in the last seconds with the very famous Clive Tilsley, and Solskjaer has won it, and then saying about the name on the cup. Again, I just think, just in terms of drama and memorable things, I always think, when you see things like that, imagine being a Man United fan fan in the ground that night, just uh, Mm -hmm. anyone who's been in it for a last-minute winner. In just any game is unbelievable, but in the a cup final to win a treble, having been getting beat one nil, it going into injury time, just absolutely incredible. So that'd be mine. Can't think of anything else to add really. I, I say I, I might have gone pretty obvious again down that route, but it's just the first thing that sprung to my mind. Callum's going to criticise me for going obvious. I can tell already just looking by his face. Have you seen the Beckham documentary? I haven't seen up to that point yet. It it does look boss, and there's it's not um appropriate for the podcast but there's a very good joke from Gary Neville's best man speech at the Beckham wedding related to that game so check that out yeah and all the listeners check it out I'm sure you love it that Netflix man will be running in soon make no mistake about that but no I think it's a um, it's a good show Tosh I think it's like it's just a classic one isn't it um, and obviously, as you say just imagine being out it would have been like insane and obviously I think in the whole class 92 thing and the fact that the, the actual team that won it for them and the players that they had on the pitch and things like that um, probably makes it even more special against sort of like the Giants kind of thing. But no, definitely a, a good shout. It's, yeah, as you said, probably the the bigger comeback in the Champions League final. I can't really think of any others, but yeah, really, uh, I, I think that's a, a good shout. I don't think it's maybe as obvious as you think. I think it's a good argument, that one. I think what makes it a good comeback, which is why I rule out any others, uh, that he actually won the game. And like normal time, you just draw, it doesn't really count, does it? So I'm ruling out Newcastle yeah. Arsenal too. But any, as I say, in a Champions League final or not a Champions League final, that doesn't yeah. result in winning and doesn't really count, in my opinion. Yeah. What Tosh says there about you have to win probably uh, rules out my suggestion. Bob, do you want to go forward with your suggestion then leading yes. nicely into it? Yeah, very professional there. So I'm going for 
a classic underdog story, maybe not quite as classic as Sean's. Um, if you look at the starting lineups from that day, the uh, so-called smaller team just had no right at all to do what they did. So they were 3-0 down up against so-called giants of European football and uh, the game finished 3 all. I'm, of course, talking about Chris Bull, where Liverpool seems to think they were on the way to their first Premier League championship. But uh, quite a few things towards the end of that season hilariously ruled them out of it. Yeah, if you if you if you look at the state of the Crystal Palace team for that game, it is just ridiculous how a team, including Suarez, who was on the way to becoming the best number nine in the world, how they didn't put six or seven past them in that game is quite incredible, really. So I think Palace got the first goal on like sixty eight minutes or something. I did have it up before, but I've closed the tab unfortunately. Seventy nine. Oh right, okay. Thanks, Sean. Then two quick fire goals to have the game finish at three all. Then the aftermath of it was quite hilarious with Suarez and Flood to tears. Then a couple, I think it was a couple of weeks later, the very, very famous Gerard slip. So it was just a glorious end to that season, really. It's before the slip, wasn't it? I think. What? The slip was before it, I think. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. I've misremembered that season then. Maybe I'm writing the Hollywood script I... and just having Gerard slip and being the ceiling thing. It's still just as funny, Bob. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, so that that's the clip going in. Do you know what's <laughs> mad, though? Just looking at the lineups here. Tosh, do you remember the other week we were talking about Julian Speroni? I do, yeah. He played in this game. I rest my case. <laughs> I thought I like, I remember him from like eight, mid 2000s. Yeah, yeah he's no, about you... 2014. But again, he sort of, he, I think at times he wasn't the first choice, but he, I do remember him sort of come back in. I didn't know he played that game. I think the order it was, wasn't it, Bob, in terms of obviously Liverpool beat Man City when Gerard says this doesn't slip. And then when so all they, they needed to do, they needed the points against Chelsea and then to win the others. And then they obviously got beat to Chelsea. Oh, uh, right. Okay. And then City, that the same day as they got beat to Chelsea, went to Palace and won. And City had the superior goal difference. So at that time, City, they could have finished level on points. So Liverpool were three 0 up. At Suarez, like, when when they were getting, they were getting the ball Suarez, back, yeah. But yeah, yeah, they were thinking if we win eight 0 and I mean I turned it off because I thought they were going to win eight 0 I put, I remember this, Mark Selby was playing Ronnie O'Sullivan in the snooker final. I remember that was the Monday night I was watching that. Was that, was that a I'll tell you what I was or... watching? It actually I'm... was a comeback. Did, I'll, um... change, I'll change it from Chris Bull to Ronnie O'Sullivan. It was also my 25th birthday. It was, I think, a couple of days before that because I was also obviously the same weekend that we got beat to City deliberately to let them let them win yeah. the league. The Barkley one. Good, good yeah. weekend all round. Yeah, but yeah, no, I think I, I, I it's quite an enjoyable suggestion. Again, what there's no other one? three. There's no other games that finished three all that spring to mind as a comeback. So no. I think we can allow just one three all game if we're talking about good comebacks. Yeah, no, yeah. I, agree. I think that was a good one, Bob. I didn't realize that first goal was so late. Um, and I think, as you said, Paul, you know, how did he not score six or seven? I think the reason that they ended up drawing was because they tried to score six or seven. I should kind of maybe allude to there. So I should think they, the hubris of Brendan Rodgers, I think, thought that they were going to just, they were going to put eight past them. And he, he, 
really they probably should have just took the, took the win and sort of see when did see Liverpool score the third because everyone got that up that felt I like it was fairly early on 55 so they scored they were 1-0 up at 18 and then an, an own goal on 53 and then Suarez on 55 yeah I am um, a lot of time yeah, to they, score yeah I think they thought that they were going to score loads they should have took the, took the win but I remember watching it they scored the first goal I turned off and it was him um, there was was it the James Corden there was some sort of programme with it was someone to take that even Gary Barlow or Robbie Williams or something I remember, I remember putting that on and then I got the notification came up that who was it scored the first? Was it Glenn? It's a deflected like the board or someone the like that. Yeah, right, yeah. Then a dub, double from Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale, yeah. Dwight Gale. I think Dwight Gale's a clap after this in the next year. Yeah, the Everton link there is Yannick Blassie played out of his skin. Good Bob Everton Thomas. link, Bob. We can always yeah. uh, trust you on one of them. All right, good shout, Bob. Talking about comebacks, though. Gary Barlow. What about that, him? That, that's my out of the box thinking. That was that was, that was my suggestion. <laughs> my biggest comeback. He's a big Gene Tory Barlow. red as well, so that's pretty apt for that. Yeah, but what a voice. game! And the second Barlow we've mentioned today. dreadful. Third, I did mention Ken before oh, when he was talking Ken, about Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> any others talk or? I was going to say Deirdre, but I prefer the when she was Deirdre Rashid. So I'm going to go around <laughs> Deirdre Barlow. Right then, enough Barlow talk, Callum. Last comeback for us, please. So, as Sean said, I've went out of the box. The remit was the best comeback in football. So, I've gone with a legendary figure of Claudio Ranieri and his comeback to the Premier League. He had a 10-year absence from the Premier League, having left Chelsea in the mid-2000s um, as they sort of turned towards their sort of dominance, having been taken over by Abramovich and Mourinho was sort of earmarked as his replacement. Ranieri left, I think, having finished second and possibly breaking records in terms of goals conceded and stuff at the time. Um, but he left on a good note, but kind of, yeah, your job's done here. We're moving on to bigger and better things. Um, he then went off to Italy, I think, went to Valencia, to Inter, a few, a few different um, teams, didn't do much, flitted about a bit for over 10 years. Then I think he went to Greece, kind of disgraced himself as Greece manager. I think they lost to the Faroe Islands. Um, and he was subsequently sacked. And in July 2015, Leicester appointed Ranieri for his comeback. Um, I think at the time, everyone was a bit baffled and no one quite knew what they were doing. So as I was looking before and got there's a, a quote from The Guardian, um, that he said, if, if Leicester wanted someone nice, they've got him. If they wanted someone to keep him in the Premier League, then they may have gone for the wrong guy. I think they were possibly um, famous last words. And I think it, we all know what happened that season. Ends up turning Leicester, who were relegation sort of father the season before. Everyone was expecting them to go down this season, sorry, that season. Um, miraculously turned them around uh, week by week, month, month by month. It's the dream started coming alive. Um, and yeah, he returned after a 10 year absence, having not done much in the managerial world over that 10 years. Coming back to the Premier League almost, well, a very likable figure, but almost disgraced in the managerial scene. Um, and he goes and wins the Premier League. And it, and in his first year of asking with Leicester City, I just think is just an absolutely incredible comeback. Um, and someone who deserves it as well. He seems a, a gen, genuinely nice guy. And yeah, to come and do that in, in, in that first season, I just think it is quite incredible. So as a, a comeback in football, yeah, not many people go away for that long and come back and surprise you. I think, yeah, that would have been a surprise if he'd been there for, for years and sort of worked his way up, but to come back and do it 
on that first season, I think is even more special. So yeah, my best comeback in football is Claudio Ranieri into the Premier League. I think the better bit is that he's now had a comeback to the managerial abyss since getting sacked by Leicester as well. King of comebacks? Yeah, because he's not really done much. He was very cruelly sacked so the season after. Yeah, I think he had two seasons there. Yeah. Didn't he didn't even make it through, did he? Did Mooney made yeah. it to like he was still in the Champions League, I think, when he got sacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually I don't rate him at all. I really I just thought that was just the biggest fluke of all time. And not I I, I actually think they won the league without him. I don't I just think it was one of them things that it was just all a big load of sorts of coincidence. They were the bigger comeback for them was probably they they pretty much down the season before and they had the bigger run, didn't they? they had a massive run at the end of the season, showing title yeah. winning potential, I thought. But... You called it, didn't you? I did. I think I said it. I think I got that down somewhere. But it's in the slush puppy book. If we'd have done the keeping up appearances podcast back then, and we'd have been league predictions, I think I'd have got Leicester. But... I just, oh, I, well. I just, I just think it annoyed me because he was just rubbish, and then the next year they were rubbish again. And I think he didn't seem to know what he was doing. I don't know. I just think, I think I'm, it, it I'm just... annoyed by that as well. I just, I don't know. I, I. Maybe just annoyed me because Leicester came from nowhere to win the league, and you know Everton can't even win, you know, get to like a league cup final or something. But just one of them things, wasn't it? Where everything conspired together. You know, Jamie Vardy and Mares were just unbelievable that year, and you know, so Kante came in. You know, he he'll have had nothing to do with the Kante sign. And again, it's hard to knock the achievements. It's like probably the greatest upset, isn't it? We were doing our greatest upset. I mean, Ranieri, that's a great comeback. It's come back to the Premier League and win the league on your first goal of asking is a. I think it's when special. you talk about him at Chelsea as well, he had that, didn't he? Like they, they came second, but they also the Arsenal were massive favourites for the Champions League that year and he knocked them out. And then again, I'm going off the top of my head, but I think the semi finals were them Monaco, Porto, and Deportivo. Definitely might have been wrong on the last one. So they they'd have gone favourites for that and he bottled it to Monaco, who at that time had a few good players. But yeah, I don't know. I just Maybe it's uh, being my classic contrarian self that when everyone's loving him, I was trying to not like him. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then it, the next year when he sort of, even you know, in the relegation zone, where he was just a bit mad. And again, they had a bit of a run in the Champions League. I think they got to the quarters. But yeah, no, I, I, I actually do think it's a very good shout though. But it is a, whatever you think of him, which I don't think very highly of him, like to come back. With less than, as you say, I you, I remember all them people. Why on earth? I was one of them. Why have they gone? Where have they plucked his name from? And then to win the league was pretty astonishing, really. But yeah, no, it's comeback, isn't it? I'm not disputing his managerial skills or whatever, but just the comeback. No, I know you is, 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 is special. Yeah, but could he have beaten Northampton in the FA Cup? Who knows? You'll never if know. If he knocked Evan out the next know. year, I remember they came to Goodison as league champions when. In the FA Cup, when they like they were in the relegation, they only beat Everton. I think Everton beat them that year. I think your man Tom Davis scored when when ran just after Ranieri had gone. I think of him scored an early goal, but right then we'll that, wrap next, it up. N- next season. That'll be the comeback episode. <laughs> Tom Davis or Alan Whittle, which one? Both. Alan Whittle was manager. Okay, then we will wrap it up there. Another great instalment of Maroon Five. So just to recap. The obvious one of Newcastle versus Arsenal. Sean's suggestion was Tramia versus Southampton from the FA Cup. I went with United versus Bayern. Bob, Chris Stambul, 
and Callum Claudio Ranieri. Remember to go to X and vote in the poll to decide who's going to be marooned five next week. Are we mentioning mine being censored as well? Because that would have been a sure win. No, we're absolutely not. Okay, carry on then. Who's doing the next bit then? Come on, I'll do it because it's the wheel and that, isn't it? Oh, he loves the wheel. I do love the wheel. You love the I wheel do. as well. Don't pretend you don't. I do love the wheel, yeah. Are we talking about the Michael McIntyre programme or... No, that is wheel? great. It, I've started watching it. It is yeah. superb. I can't wait till I'm an expert on that. Bob, have you switched all your <laughs> lights off so everyone thinks that a trick or no one's in so they don't knock on your door for trick or cheating? <laughs> I have exactly <laughs> why I've done it. <laughs> right. Let's get back to it then. So it's time now that we've Reviewed last week's game and put forward this week's Maroon 5. It's time to pick this week's focus game. So going into our wheel, we've got three games from this week's Premier League. We've got Newcastle Arsenal, Spurs Chelsea and Sheffield United Wolves. Now that they're in, it's time to spin. Oh, I've just come up with a little catchphrase there. I like that. Here we go. I know you could rap. Well, I did, to be fair. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you did. Come on. <laughs> I'm getting that put on a t-shirt as well. <laughs> and our game this week is Newcastle against Arsenal. That's very fitting. I know. Was that fixed? You think I can fix this wheel? Look at it. Might it's be a screenshot. The, the, fi- the finest brains in the, in the world have come up with this wheel. Right. Anyone got any thoughts on Newcastle-Arsenal? Obviously, the bit it is, I mean, it probably is... The- the biggest of the, of the weekend. Obviously, on Monday, you've got the Chelsea Tottenham, I think, but I think we think it's maybe one of the biggest of the weekend. Obviously, it was the, the inspiration for Maroon 5. Should be an interesting game. Both both interesting teams. Lots of good players. Lots of good attackers. Two young managers, sort of, and possibly knocking heads like so, yeah. I think it should be a good game. Yeah, I think I've watched um, most of... Arsenal. Who's we'll Arsenal players? We have just forgotten who they played. Jeff United. Jeff you. Oh no, I didn't watch that. That's a lie. So, let's put that one on show. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, your mate Eddie and Ketty are scoring a hat trick, Callum. Yeah, Correct. Just delighted to see that. So delighted. Yeah, yeah I kid. think I think Newcastle as well. Obviously, drew Wolves. I did watch a fair bit of that again. They look a bit. They just look a bit leggy. Newcastle have a few injuries. I think. I, Isaac's going to be injured. He's going to be missing the game. They've obviously got a few problems in defence. But again, a pretty... They looked, as I say, tired. I think and towards the end of that game, it looked more likely that Wolves would be sort of going towards that. I think Newcastle play tomorrow night, Wednesday, that is, against Man United in the League Cup. Might be a difficult one, but you know that, you know, St. James's Park is going to be up for that game, really. You think uh, that's a that's a big game. And I, I remember last year, he played them towards the end of the season and Arsenal went there and won. So I think there'll be a bit of sort of revenge in the air, the air for Newcastle. But mm-hmm. should be an entertaining game. I think they're both good teams to watch. I, I do enjoy watching Newcastle, as you say. I think been really impressed. Callum mentioned before, Gordon. I think in most of the times you watch them these days, he looks their best player. He looks the most threatening. He's I think Eddie Howe's getting getting really a lot out of him more than we've seen at Everton. I think, and I think it'd be interesting That's to see him me. going up against see him going up against maybe Ben White or something like that. I think. Could be an interesting matchup that one. Have we got any thoughts on that penalty from Newcastle Wolves? Yeah, terrible, terrible decision. I've seen a few people say, which I agreed with. When when I seen it at the time, I thought it just looked like one of them penalties. No way, the lads beat him to the ball. But then when you see the 
Lee Taylor giving it because it did look like one of them ones where the lad gets there first and he swipes his legs. But when you when you see it and when the VAR see that, it just just seems mad how they can't at least say to him, go and have a look at that on the screen because you probably didn't notice he barely touches yeah. it and gets the ball. It's just such terrible. a bad decision. I just don't. We talk about that. I know we we I think every week we talk about it and the consistency. But like even just the consistency, that one seems to be quite a quick review. And you've got like I don't know. You've seen Burnley Bournemouth from the weekend. Yeah. And it was five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah. And I just think well, like if you're gonna take the time, if you got it there, you're gonna take the time at least get the decision right. And you want time to go to the screen and like they obviously never they always change their mind. I don't know why they couldn't say just see what you think there because you know I think you could still make an argument that you know. It maybe was a penalty. It looks like you know the lad still has to jump out of the way, but it just didn't. When you see it close up, it just you can see he clearly doesn't make contact with him and takes a slice of the ball as well. Yeah. Pretty conclusive I also, that. I also think I've just been looking there. I, I didn't realize how many injuries Newcastle had because when you think like full strength Newcastle started the season, you think how oh, well he started. He kind of stick it with anyone. But if I, I look at looking at their injury injury list now, you've got like. Sven Botman, you've got Isak, uh, that Elliot Anderson, Harvey Barnes, Jacob Murphy. Like, you know what I mean? They're first team players, they're all out for Newcastle. I didn't realise they were in that much trouble because the bench at the weekend was pretty poor. Like, Tanali officially banned. Yeah, he got banned at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah. There's my player, there's my sign of the season gone. <laughs> Great predictions, Ash. Yeah. I had him as me as me flop and then changed it. Should have kept oh, it. Huh? Should have kept That's it. a shame. Should have put money on it. Just making the same jokes as we made to Tony last week. To yeah, see. They, they, they got cut, so no, no one will ever know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think especially when you see like you see like, like that Lascelles start and centre half Newcastle, and you just think like when they were rubbish, I didn't think he was good enough for them. Now he's like, you know, he's like the club captain. He's probably can do a job, but you think just like surely Arsenal are going to be able to expose that with the, the talent Arsenal have got up top of. You know, I think as Sean you say, Sean, I think full strength Newcastle, I think it's a really good game. I'd probably fancy Newcastle, I think, just with the injuries they've got, I think, and Arsenal looking in a good space at the moment. Obviously, we say that five 0 win again, Sheffield nice that much to offer, I suppose, but he looked sharp, Arsenal there, he looked, you know, Eddie looked very, very good. He's known as a bit of a flat track bully though, I think, isn't he? It'd be interesting to see if he can deliver against like, you know, in a big game. Who and Ketia? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll be honest. I know Callum's a big fan. I don't really rate him that much, to be fair. I think I've, I've, when I've watched him in them big games when he played Tottenham and when he played City in quite close succession, you thought, I think him and Jesus were half the problem, just that not decisive enough and not when it matters. Yeah. And like, I mean, his goals were very good the other day. You know, Eddie, Eddie and Ketty's goals, you know, his last one particularly, that shot from outside mm-hmm. the box, fantastic. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see because again, this is the game where you imagine it's going to be quite a close game. You'd think, you know, will he be able to sort of do something to decide it? Or give us a riposte, Callum. No, I, I think he's a he's a great number nine. I think he's a great striker. I think he's kind of got nearly all the attributes, possibly. Yeah, I think he presses well. I think, which I think is why he's in obviously in Arteta's team. I think he does press well. His finishing, as he showed last week, is great. I think he just doesn't do it enough. I think he, there's chances that he misses. Yeah, but and he seems to have a bit of that bite. He'll kind of close things down. He'll put himself about. Makes good runs, and he links up play decently, good with his feet. Um, he's got kind of those physical attributes as well. I think he's he's still only fairly young as well. I think um, twenty four. Yeah, that's you know I don't he's not got much like I think he's young in terms of like experience. Though. I think game experience. I think at that top level, he's never really broke through, which is why I thought I said like this year would be his like breakthrough season. Um, and so it's like his one. It's not. 
is there not a reason for that? That he's got that lack of experience because he's not quite good enough to be Arsenal number nine? Uh, no, because I think he, he is, isn't he? Um, so I think maybe Stoke, he was loaned out and stuff and it just didn't happen for him. There's, there was just other players in that position. You know, I just don't think he was fancied at the time. I don't think it's a case of not being good enough because he's there and he's starting games and he you know, started the season and Arteta seems to fancy him. But yeah, listen, not the, not the best in the world. Like, But I think there's just something about him that I quite like. I think he's... Yeah, I just think he's a player that you'd like at your team, I think. I think, you know, Everton have been crying out for a striker to do something. I think he's the type of... He's just the type of striker who gets things done um, and is a bit, a bit all action. But yeah... Listen, maybe he can carry on his form and score at the weekend. Do we get some yeah. predictions then? Let's yeah, do it. Go on. I'll go 2 1 Arsenal. Not basing that on anything, I just, as you say, with Newcastle's injury list, can just say Arsenal, just about nicking it, but um, St. James' Park should make it interesting. I was going to go 2 uh, 1 Arsenal. I think I'll change. I'll go 1 all draw, I think. I'll go 1 all. Can we do the same scores? No. No, you've not used two digits of me. Yeah, you can go. I, I was going to say 2 1 Ars- um, Arsenal. I mean, You're all a bunch of go, gags. If you want me to go a bit different, I'll go 6 0. I'll put you down for. <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll go 3 1 Arsenal. 3 1 Arsenal. Doesn't leave me with much here, does it? Only every other score. You can, go, you can go like 14 2 Newcastle if you want. Yeah, I could, but I'm not a moron. <laughs> uh, go on, I'll go 14 2. Uh, you know what? I'll go 1 0 Arsenal. I, I quite fancy a, a high scoring game here because Newcastle seem to be conceding, even against Wolves, conceding 2. You just said Arsenal, you just said, you just said the second lowest possible scoring game. No, no, if, if, you if, you let me, if you let me finish, <laughs> I was saying I fancy a high scoring game, but then all of the possible options that I wanted. Are gone. I can't have two one, I can't have three one. So I'll go three, I'll two. just go one I'll go one nil. I'd argue all I, the other scores. I don't think any of the others are high scoring apart from maybe three one. Yeah. I'd no, agree. No, and no. I think if someone's predicting one nil to Arsenal, they have to do the terrible chant thing. Go on then, Bob. No, I didn't predict this, so it's got to be you. No, I'm not doing it. Can't make me. Right, come on then. Right, Sean, get the number. Okay, I need to get come that up wheel with... out again. I need to come up with a little catchphrase for this one, don't I? Just okay. do the Michael McIntyre spin the wheel. Yeah, again, no, we're trying to avoid copyright, aren't we, Bob? Think of something that rhymes with number. You're in a slumber. Here's the number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, it doesn't even have to make sense, though, does it? <laughs> no, it's three if it rhymes, that's it. Okay, so as always, our parameters are 50 and 450. And we're looking for somebody that's played a certain number of games for either Newcastle or Arsenal. And our, <laughs> our number this week is 187. Do we have that number every week? Actually, can I throw something out there that I'm going to do a bit differently this week? And you'll probably hate me for it. There's an our loft last yeah. night. And I stumbled across this mini sticker book I had. So mm-hmm. I've decided that I said, whichever team I get, I'm going to pick one of these. No, you can't be doing that. Why not? I'll pick you've one of them. List, yeah, but you've got a list of players there, haven't you? Oh, yeah, because I, I definitely forgot Freddie Lundberg existed, didn't I? Well, yeah, but you, you might not have remembered Freddie Lundberg before that. We're, we're all doing it blank. 
there's no there's no there's no stats or anything. It's just a picture of Sol Campbell. What do you want me to do? Give me a list of Arsenal players. I I'd I say, oh yeah, I reckon he's about one eight seven. Ah, oh, right. I can't believe I'm getting done over here. Trying to spice it up a bit. That's a spice no, it's cheating. Why have you still got that? Oh, Should you not explain what it is for people who are listening and can't I see? Want, yeah, so it's a mini, a mini Premier League sticker book. So a, a Merlin sticker book from the year two thousand three, two thousand four. It was one of those where you used to get the stickers in the packs of chewies. I remember it. Yeah, I uh, have you got any other chewies? I haven't. I'm afraid because they will be twenty years old now. Probably, probably still edible. But apparently, I'm not allowed to use it. Well, I'm going to spice it up this week. I'm going to get my uh, little book, which has got a list of how many appearances everyone's made for Arsenal. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick one of them. There's no way that's the same thing. I think I don't think if you've got... The point is, it's off the top of your head. Or you research it like Callum. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Sound. No no fun allowed. Eddie Lundberg for me, please. All right, so I'm going to think now. Yeah, me too. Who's on the front cover? I think we've had a similar number for Arsenal before, so I'll be checking no repeat guesses. I said Van Persie, so no one's picking that. That's still not even close in the guess, about 50 more. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> 187, yeah. Yeah. Hey, while you're here, let me record a little song thing. Anyone got any recommendations for comebacks? Like a, a singer or someone who's had a comeback? Gary Barlow. Leo Sayer. Oh, yeah. Famously came back after Celebrity Big Brother. Leo Sayer. God. I'll have a think. Okay. I need to, well, I was going to say it needs to be quick, but Tosh is checking, so we've got <laughs> ages. Why don't you just do Busted? Oh, it's a great shout. Yeah. Go on. I'm surprised that wasn't straight into your head. No, it wasn't. In my end, Bob, they've never been gone. Yeah, that's a good point. And their uh, like best comeback stuff has just been them regurgitating. Yeah, but it, the, it, the, album, it. the album is unbelievable. Right then, so obviously it's time now to have a little think. So we're going to leave you with a song to listen to. Obviously, we're not allowed to play it on the podcast, but take the time now, go away, search for the song, and then make sure you come back. It's really important that you come back. So the song for this week is actually a band that we referenced a couple of weeks ago who I went to see. The band, obviously, is Busted, and they recently came back, so we're keeping with the comeback theme of Maroon 5. They recently came back with their Greatest Hits 2.0 album where they've re-recorded all of their old songs. So I'm going to send you in their direction to listen to one of their classics called Who's David? Underrated classic. It is an underrated classic, so... Go and have a little listen. I'm sure you'll love it. Probably more than you did back in the day, because in my opinion, it's actually better than the original. But go and listen to that. Really? and then Yeah. And then come back when you've got your answers, and we'll see you there. Enjoy. You should have mentioned the Busted song as well. Features Wheatus as well, so that's pretty cool. Oh, see, am I, like, I was going to say the, the single version without Wheatus. Oh, really? Huh? Yeah. I'm telling you, Char- Charlie's voice is better than ever. Yeah, it's got a good voice. Because Todorov's on the front cover here for Portsmouth. I was, hoping, I was hoping they were going to come up one week. <laughs> Maybe a few years down the line, Sean. 
Yeah, no, that's what we should do when when we realise this is a no-go. We should try and throw it out to lower league teams, see if their fans care. Is he ready? Go on. Yeah, go on then. Who's, Who's going first? Go ahead, Cal. I'll go first. Cool. So, I went with a player who is currently playing. Again, I think probably played, I think he's been there for maybe four or five seasons now. Which is kind of what I was was banking on. Um, I think when he first came, he was sort of hot, like kind of highly rated potential. He didn't seem to have it, but I think he, he then sort of cemented his place in the team. He's one of the main players, not one of the star players. Seems to be getting better every season. Yeah, again, I've just gone on the idea of he's probably been there for four or five, which is possibly around that what 180 mark. Um, I'm going to go with Miguel Almiron. Sounds like a reasonable one, I'd say, yeah. Yeah, I think he's probably somewhere between 150 and 200. Let's see if yeah. he's up there. Went from a bit of a sort of laughing stock to a quite well regarded. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that, the Jack Grealish, um, famous yeah. Jack Grealish line, he's playing like Miguel Almiron. Um, since then, he's been fantastic. But yeah, I think started a bit slow, looked a bit weak, didn't look like a Premier League player, but then, yeah, obviously one of the uh, main players now. So, somebody who's probably played most games, doesn't seem to be injured a lot. As I say, I think probably maybe been there for four seasons. Yeah, we'll go with him. Brian, I'll step in next unless anyone's desperate to get theirs in. Right, I've got two, so I'll let you two go because I can't decide. So hopefully you'll pick one and then I can do the other one. Go on then, I'll go. I'm going an older player, so I'm going... And I had a couple in mind. I don't know if I should say one of them in case someone else says it. My first one I was thinking originally was Reyes. And I don't, I, I, God I rest get his it. soul. Yeah, no, another rest in peace. I, I tend to pick a lot of dead people. I'll mention them anyway, but... Yeah, I, I think he's probably on the lower end, so but I'm not too sure. Again, I reckon he was only there maybe there two or three. The one I'm going for played in a similar position, played for a fairly long time, but I think towards the end was in out the team was Sylvan Wiltord. I think, yeah, he, he scored the winner. Ancelotti. You had him? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to say, Bob. I just thought no one would have him. You'd, you went first, so. Oh, yeah, but I did throw myself in there. Now, well, I don't know. Yeah, you had Yobo the other week, actually, so payback. <laughs> yeah, I remember scoring the winner at Old Trafford when he won the league in 2002, and I think he was still around the Invincibles. He was probably there just a bit before, just after. So I think, like Callum says, around that four or five seasons. Problem is, I don't really know whether he had, you know, played every game, whether he was injured. I can't remember that far back, but he was certainly about for a four or five-year period, I'd think, three, four years at very least. Oh, sorry, Bob. Yeah, I'm going Will Ford. You can have Reyes if you want, Bob. No, thanks. You yeah. go next, Sean. I need to have a think. Okay. Speaking of Reyes, if you've if you've not watched the Beckham documentary, he features heavily towards the end. And it's, it's great. Another plug for that. Are we on commission off Netflix or? <laughs> right. So I'll go mine. I had two players. I was hoping Tosh was going to pick one of them, but he didn't. Seeing as I've not been allowed to use my sticker book, <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to actually think. And again, I used the four or five season mark. And I don't even know if this player was there around then. I think he was about then. An Everton link. Sorry, Bob, I'm going to steal an Everton link. But I'm going to go for the current Arsenal manager, Mikel Arteta. Seems sensible. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I've got no idea. Could be a lot. Yeah, but it seems about right for the time. Could, be, could be way off. Could be way off. 
<laughs> buy the t-shirts. <laughs> sounds, sounds better when you say it, Cal. Rehearsed. Yeah, in the CNN voice. <laughs> right, come on then, Bob. You got another one? Yeah, I'm going to go current player for Arsenal. Seems to be the first name on the team sheet, or one of the first anyway. Um, seems like a very nice lad as well. I'm going to go for Bakayo Saka. Very interesting. Famously doesn't miss very many games, does he? I think he yeah. played every one last season, about one maybe. I think he's I played. Think it, no, I think it's this this season was the... I think, yeah, I think it's the first game he missed in the run. Yeah, yeah, years. So that's why, that's why I went for him. He's an interesting one where you think like he's probably Eddie Nketi has probably played a few years more than him, similar to what we were saying before, but Saka's probably played maybe yeah, more yeah. games. He plays every game, doesn't he, Saka? Because mm. he's, he's actually a good player, unlike Nketi. Bit harsh. Right, then, Cal, have you got time to check or do you want me to try and do it quickly? Can you do it, please? Sean, do you want to do the pitch now in case I do need yeah, to shoot? I was just getting it ready just because I, I thought you might be going. Glad he's ready. You're looking cool, Bob. Get me my, I'm getting my microphone out the way because I look insane. You're looking extra Bo Burnham today. He's trying to get me edit. Right, you ready? Yeah, that's sad. Do you want me to just help you check, Tosh? So do go ahead. <laughs> what are you going? Uh, no, no, I've just posed for a photo. Go on. <laughs> right, go on. I'll shoot. I'll um, see you later. I need uh, someone to go. conclude the podcast now. Bob, Bob can do it. Bob can do it. Go that guy's got a microphone. Everyone. Now, man, now, <laughs> now I'm a podcaster. I was thinking of investing in a mi- microphone. I would love to see you in one of them, Tosh. I'll be honest. I've got, I've got a spare one. If you want it, Tosh. I want to buy one. Really? You want to yeah, just go in and buy it? I'm just so the ask what, what are you using this for? Because podcaster, aren't I? See you later. Right, see you later. Bye, bye, bye. I reckon I must be the slowest person to do this. Like, yeah, I do. To be fair, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why every week I end up doing it. Honestly, this website, I can't find out Ted's full stats. Great. I'm just gonna guess his, Sean. I don't know what I, I I'm gonna start accusing the cheating here. These guesses are far too good. So how can I have cheated? I was just using that. <laughs> You've written them in. You must oh, have written yeah. stats. I've written every number. He's he's got no stickers, he's just got stats. Everyone's within about ten at this stage. Actually one one's a bad guess. <laughs> oh great. <laughs> 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 have you found out at the stats, have you? <laughs> <laughs> the only one player who wasn't in a sticker book, and that's a bad one. Uh, I'm calling Crown. He's, he's too good. I mean, you've seen how long it takes me to research, so I'd like to think that rules me out that I'm cheating. Yeah, that is true. You're like a granddad on the computer. Is that stupid website? Right, then. The results are in. Quite a close one this week, apart from one. In fourth place, with 150 appearances to 37 out, was Mikel Arteta. Surprisingly, I thought that was quite a good guess. Yeah. Quite difficult to find the statistics, but he'd have been maybe a bit closer. He had 209 for Everton. If anyone can remember that for a few weeks' time when we do Everton. In third place, the next three were all pretty close, all less than 13. So in third place was Will Tord. He had 175, so it was 12 out. In second place was nine out with 178 was Miguel Almiron. 
So this week's winner is Bob as he fist pumps. We have got Saka. <laughs> I better check that I haven't checked Louis Saha. Boyako Saka, who's got one nine two, so five out. An extremely good guess that one, Bob. Considering it wasn't your first choice. Thanks, Sash. Appreciate it. Sean, every week you either get like zero or four, pretty much. You always see. <laughs> Never in the middle. And yeah. and you've just accused us all of cheating. <laughs> give me give me a break. I was accusing that I'm one person in my mind of cheating. <laughs> the man who was bottom but now gets within 10 every time. Yeah, I know. It is very suspect. I, do you know what it is? He's got a reputation to protect because he works in football. He, he can't be the one that looks stupid to so be let me do it instead. <laughs> Let's quickly then take a look at this week's leaderboard. Tosh is reigning supreme again. There's just no stopping him. He's now moved five points clear. On 37 points. In second place, Barber's leapfrog Sean. He's now in second on 32. And then Sean and Callum are now joint third with 31 points. Go on, Bob, are you going to wrap up? Yeah, I'm trying to think of a busted pun to put in. Oh, it's Halloween. I'll be sleeping with the light on tonight. I can't, I can't plagiarise I'm Sean. Give me two minutes and I'll... We're all massive loser kids. Here's one for you, just trying to think of that. Do you know, I've actually got four points got the least amount of times out of all of us. I've got a five, actually. I've got a five for getting it bang on. So I've won three times. Sean's won one, two, three. You've won Bob, one, two, three, four, five. One, two. Mm-hmm. It's actually Bob who gets the more inconsistent than Callum's one. One, two, three. Right. You done, Bob? Yeah. Go on. I need to shoot I, I, no, I sorry, I've 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 lost me um me busted pun. So that wraps up another episode of the Keeping Up Appearances podcast. After my stinker last week, it's good to be back on form. Need to thank Tosh for the assist and pinching the original answer. So thank you very much, Tosh. No problem. So we'll be we'll be back next week with another episode. Make sure you pay attention to all the action going on this weekend and say your prayers for the Toffees in the League Cup tomorrow. And of course, make sure you vote on the poll on the artist formerly known as Twitter for the Maroon 5. That all right? No, it's good. Yeah. I'm going to be gutted when I find a really good busted pun now. I've given you loads. I know. Yeah, but... By the time it's gone out, Evan will already be out of the League Cup. That's the only problem. Yeah. I think we'll have already crashed and burned out of the League Cup. Get in. It's not called crashed and burned anymore. I know I know it isn't, but that's for hardcore busted fans, isn't it? Yeah, it is true. The the, the OGs. Yeah. Is that I'm called in. you said no? That one? Yeah. Yeah. I actually didn't know Paddy's a big busted fan. That's he, I went with Pad. And he, he told me that the reason he changed it was because it came out just before 9 11. Yeah. Everyone that's knows correct, that, Sean. Yeah. I didn't know that. And neither did Tosh. But you know what? We live and we learn. That's what I go to school for.